sportsgrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. Sportsgrid.com. A new week, a new year begins live right here on a Monday morning on the morning after on Sports Grid. Sirius XM Channel 159. That's the home for Sports Grid Radio on Sirius XM. All across the Sports Grid Network as well. I am Ben Stevens. 2023 has begun. It is our first show of a new year. So thank you for joining us here on this Monday morning. And hope everybody had a wonderful and safe holiday weekend and what a weekend of football it was on the final day of 2022 until the clock struck midnight it was an exciting action in the college football playoff in college football and then to start off 2023 a Sunday in the National Football League that left us with so many questions entering week number 18 with all the playoff possibilities in the second to last weekend of this NFL regular season capped off and embodied last night in Baltimore between the Steelers and the Ravens one of the best rivalries in all of the National Football League and the Pittsburgh Steelers hopes of making the playoffs still very much alive as they go on the road and steal a victory from the jaws of defeat thanks to the rookie quarterback in Kenny Pickett and the second year running back in Najee Harris. The Pittsburgh Steelers get the victory last night in Baltimore, the final 16 to 13 in favor of the Steelers. A very short number entering the football game. Baltimore, a slight one, one and a half point favorite. It was minus 118 on the money line for the flock. Even money plus 100 for Pittsburgh. They went outright on the road as an underdog. Six, four, and one against the spread are the Pittsburgh Steelers this year as an underdog. Five of those six outright. The Baltimore Ravens continue to struggle without Lamar Jackson. Only 13 points offensively last night for Tyler Huntley and the Ravens. They have failed to go over 20 points since the end of November. All four of the starts that Tyler Huntley has made, five consecutive games for the Ravens. But the story is Kenny Pickett and the Pittsburgh Steelers. Pickett well under his passing yards prop of 193 and a half last night, only only finishing with a buck 78. But that doesn't really matter. For a second straight week, Kenny Pickett leads a game-winning drive in primetime. Last night against the Ravens, an 11-play, 80-yard drive, and an absolute dime to Najee Harris from 10 yards out. He breaks out of the pocket to his left and throws a strike to Najee Harris in the end zone for the game winning touchdown for the Pittsburgh Steelers. A Pittsburgh Steelers team that was 2-6 and six at a point in this season. A Pittsburgh Steelers team that is now an even 500 with eight victories this year entering the regular season finale. And a Pittsburgh Steelers team that is still very much alive to make the postseason. Mike Tomlin has been the head coach for the Steelers organization now for 16 years. They have won at least eight games in all 16 of those campaigns going over their preseason win total of seven and a half with the victory last night. And the ground game was front and center. The Ravens, if there has been one consistent thing for Baltimore this year, it's their ability to stop the run defensively and hold down their opponents. That was not the case 
last night against the third best rushing defense in the National Football League. Najee Harris has a season high 111 yards on the ground. Jalen Warren adds in 12 carries for 76 yards as well. The Steelers a buck 98 as a team against the Ravens who entered last night only allowing 87 yards per game on the ground. We welcome in our Sports Grid Radio audience here. The opening hour of the opening day for us at least here in 2023. Live on the morning app, Sirius XM, Channel 159. All of our terrestrial radio affiliates now in the fold as well. I am Ben Stevens. The Pittsburgh Steelers still have a shot of making the postseason for a third straight year with a 16-13 victory over the Ravens last night in Baltimore, winning outright as a slight underdog. The Steelers were 2-6 at a point in this NFL season. They have now won six of their last eight games, an 8-8 eight eight record, and the help that Pittsburgh needed to stay alive in the postseason hunt in the AFC happened yesterday. We'll get to all of that, but the Jets have been eliminated. The Dolphins lost to the Patriots, so Pittsburgh still has a shot entering the regular season finale to get to the postseason. When they were 2-6, and six, they were plus 2,000, 200 to 1 to make the postseason at that time. A shout-out to our associate producer, the stat man on the morning after, Joe Frizo, for that nugget, tracking those numbers all year long. On the other side of this equation, the Baltimore Ravens have greatly struggled without Lamar Jackson. Again, they have not eclipsed 20 points in the four starts that Tyler Huntley has made since the end of November and the Baltimore Ravens have now lost four games this year four of their six losses when they held a double digit lead at some point in the football game they were up by 10 early in the second half last night against the Pittsburgh Steelers when you throw in the additional loss to Jacksonville when they had a touchdown lead under two minutes to go it's been a lot of games for Baltimore this year failing to close and pick up a victory because of that loss last night in Pittsburgh with a win tonight in a huge Monday night football game at home in Cincinnati. The Bengals can clinch the AFC North Divisional crown, a minus 800 favorite to do so right now, but a slight point and a half underdog hosting the Bills this evening. Now we turn our attention to the big picture. With one week remaining in the National Football League, the Buffalo Bills remain the favorites in the AFC, plus 175, but only 25 cents ahead of the Chiefs, and Cincinnati lurks with a plus 450 number. The Ravens have clinched a playoff spot, but because of a Chargers win against the Rams yesterday, LA moves into the five spot, Baltimore back to the sixth spot in the AFC postseason picture. Plenty more around the morning after. Up next. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. New year, new us. Well, we pretty much do the same thing each and every Monday throughout the football season, live right here on the morning after in our first episode of 2023. If it's a Monday morning, that means Donnie Wrightside is here as well to play some Monday morning armchair quarterback DRS. A very happy new year to you. Hope you had a wonderful weekend and got to take in all the football that we had both to end out 2022 in the CFP and to start 2023 with your Sunday slate in the NFL. 
Fantastic stuff all the way through. Happy to be here for another new year, but also I usually play armchair quarterback, Ben. I think I actually should have been playing quarterback for some of these teams yesterday. Maybe for the Philadelphia Eagles, DRS, your birds <laughs> suffer their second consecutive loss without Jalen Hurts. As a five-and-a-half-point favorite yesterday in Philadelphia, just needed to win the game outright to clinch the NFC East division, to clinch the NFC's number one overall seed. They lose outright 20-10. to 10. The Saints going into Philly, winning outright as a five-and-a-half-point underdog. The second straight loss for Philly, just their third overall this year drs people will look at gardner Minshew, 18 of 32 274 a touchdown and an interception i look more at the ground game for the eagles only 67 rushing yards yesterday just 87 on christmas eve against the cowboys it's the fourth best rushing offense for philadelphia all year long that's where i think the main component of losing jalen hurts has hurt philadelphia drs what is your assessment over the birds of these past two weeks yeah, probably going to need an MVP caliber quarterback back in the fold here for the Eagles to have those, you know, looks to try to get a championship. And they will have it this weekend against the New York Giants as they're favored by 14 points. But getting back to this game Sunday, one of those first games where you watch all year long, you say, boy, the Eagles don't look all that interested or prepared for this one. They didn't have the football a lot in the first half. But even setting that, the second half, the Eagles climbed within three points, but it was apparent. You can bring the blitz. You can bring the heat. You can really try to confuse the Eagles' offensive line. Why? Because Jalen Hurts can't make up for it. If a blitz does get home, Jalen Hurts can get out of the way, roll out of the pocket, make a throw, or run for 25 or 30 yards. We've seen it happen multiple times. It was clear the Saints knew that right side of the Eagles' offense was damaged on the offensive line. Let's really try to get after it. And by the way, if we do bring a, a blitz, Gardner can't get away from it if it hits home, and it continuously did that on Sunday. There were some DRS that said, what does it really matter if Jalen Hurts is out? The Philly Eagles only need to win one of their final three games yeah. to clinch the division and that top overall seed. The offense will be fine. Well, when you have an MVP frontrunner playing the quarterback spot, there's a reason that Eagles offense looks as good as it did earlier on this year. And Jalen Hurts was the odds-on favorite to win the NFL MVP before injuring that right throwing shoulder but he is expected according to reports to be back for week number 18 with a victory outright the Eagles clinched the number one overall seed in the NFC no odds available as of right now but entering this weekend DRS a very 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 heavy odds on favorite and like you mentioned a 13 and a half point favorite for their regular season finale at home at the link against the New York Giants. But there is now some hope, DRS, for others around the NFC, mainly Mr. Irrelevant, Brock Purdy and the San Francisco 49ers. It wasn't an easy ninth consecutive win for San Francisco, but they do pick up the dub on the road in Las Vegas in overtime, 37-34. It did snap a six-game cover streak for San Francisco, booked as a favorite in all the Raiders, and Jared Stidham cover as a nine-and-a-half-point underdog. And Jared Stidham, DRS, was sensational. 23 of 34, 365 yards, three touchdowns, but two interceptions, including the one that sealed the deal in overtime, propelling San Francisco to their ninth straight win. 
Yeah, I thought Sid Sidham was fine in this game. And it was always the joke going back to last week where Josh McDaniel stepped up to the podium and said, hey, you know, we're going to bench Derek Carr. We want to get a look at Sid. I'm like, what type of look is that going to be? And actually turned out to be very well. 365 also added 34 yards on the ground. It's one of those games where you take a look at down the stretch. And maybe Stidham can even perform this sort of way in the final game. Wouldn't that be a selling point in the offseason of Devontae Adams? Hey, look, I know you came here because of your best friend. We're trading your best friend. But look at what you just did over the final two weeks with Stidham. I can build this offense around you and Stidham, and we can still move the football effectively, and you'll certainly be using that. Maybe that's one way to sell it. But also from this point of view, the San Francisco 49ers needed everything in their top drawer to get this overtime victory against the lowly Raiders here. And you brought up a very good point here. The Philadelphia Eagles not winning the last two weeks probably would have said to the rest of the NFC teams, like, hey, Eagles, wrap this up so we can get a de facto bye week maybe in week 17 or week 18 as we rest up for the playoffs. Because you saw the San Francisco 49ers, Ben, just go to overtime against the Raiders and use McCaffrey on just about every play it felt like. They might do the same thing again, figuring there might be an outside chance they can get that top seed. Maybe they're doing themselves a disservice at this point. The Birds also a 13-and-a-half-point favorite, as are the San yeah. Francisco 49ers for their regular season finale against the Cardinals, who have lost six straight. Run CMC yesterday, 193 combined yards from scrimmage, 121 on the ground for Christian McCaffrey, 72 more receiving. Devontae Adams was sensational. A huge grab in the drive under two minutes that led the Raiders to tie the football game, 153 yards and two scores as we keep going around the nfc the vikings looked like they had the best shot of maybe trying to chase down the eagles for that top spot nope the green bay packers drs and their postseason hopes are not just alive they are thriving after their fourth consecutive win a 41 17 route at lambeau yesterday against minnesota easily covering did aaron Rodgers and the packers as a three and a half Point favorite. DRS to open up the season. These two teams faced off in the Twin Cities. The Vikings won 23 to 7. It is their only win this year that did not come by just a single score. The Packers flip it around on them in a big way. What was your main takeaway from Green Bay's fourth straight win? Yeah, I'm going to start to. How about that? A block punt would start you first to go from the one-yard mm-hmm. line. You only wind up with three points. We should have known that that was coming. And then the ensuing kickoff here that went the distance and the Packers away with an easy victory. But this is what we expect out of the Minnesota Vikings where they're playing teams that might be underwhelming and winning by one score. And certainly you could try to level up and say, well, winning is what matters. Look at their record. They're a very good football team. But now getting pasted here by the Green Bay Packers. And by the way, Ben, over the last three games, I wasn't all that impressed. I mean, people were oh, Green Bay, three straight wins. You'd be beat the Bears, who are horrendous. You beat the Rams, who are actually yeah. horrendous. And the Miami Dolphins probably would have blew you out if Tua Tagovailoa doesn't get a concussion that nobody diagnoses at the half. And he looks like he was actually playing for the Packers in the second half of that one. But this is a resounding win, 41-17. Now they have a chance to stay home against the Detroit Lions, who certainly are going to be no pushover. But controlling your own destiny, when just about a month ago, we were laughing at the Packers saying, just put love in there. End this misery. In a huge game for Jair Alexander yesterday against Justin Jefferson, who only had one grab for 15 yards. In that season opener, Jair Alexander wasn't on Justin Jefferson. He expressed some frustration with the defensive game plan for that season opener when J-Jet had nine grabs, 184 yards, and two touchdowns to explode onto the scene in 2022. So now the Packers just need a win to get in to the playoffs 
next weekend. They will take on the Detroit Lions, setting up this winner-take-all game as the Lions absolutely hammer the Bears yesterday, 41-10, to covering as a five-and-a-half-point favorite so that was how we have the stage set drs for week number 18 packers lions green bay wins they're into the postseason the commanders have now been eliminated because of green bay's victory that is news apparently to ron rivera drs the commanders go with carson wentz 16 of 28 143 yards three interceptions the commanders lose at home 24 to 10 booked as a slight favorite I think that decision to start Carson Wentz will be under scrutiny for the remainder of this year as the commanders now DRS eliminated from the NFC playoff picture. Just a horrible, yeah, just an actual horrible team up and down. And certainly when your head coach doesn't understand that you could be eliminated in that football game, maybe you would have changed quarterbacks in the second quarter with some urgency, Ron Rivera. That clip alone should get Ron Rivera fired from the command. Now four straight weeks for the Commanders without a single win. We'll fly around the NFC and AFC up next. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. So as we continue to recap week 17 and what it means for the regular season finale, we finish with a few thoughts on the NFC before turning our attention to the other conference and what happened in week 17 Sunday slate in the AFC. Thank you for joining us here on the opening show of 2023 on the morning after I'm Ben Stevens, Donnie right side back for a second consecutive segment party like it's 2016 DRS for the New York Giants. They clinched their first playoff berth since the 2016 campaign getting into the postseason with a 38 to 10 victory yesterday at home against the indianapolis colts easily covering as a five and a half point favorite and danny dimes a sensational sunday for new york 177 passing yards 91 on the ground as well four total touchdowns as the giants drs are back into the postseason for the first time since 2016. Yeah, Dable, sensational season. I'm still waiting to hear the FanDuel Sportsbook to post some of those season awards here because I've been crawling about Dable mm-hmm. for a couple of years now, and you want to talk about him as the quarterback whisperer, maybe rightfully so. Daniel Jones left for dead here. Now, do I think he's going to be a great quarterback in the future? No, I don't. But the level of talent that the Giants have in actually making the playoffs this year, one of the better coaching you know, jobs that I've seen happen over the past 15 to 20 years. He's a wonderful coach. We'll see what they do in the yeah. future. But they're in the playoffs now, which brings up the next thing. Kevin and I talked about on the early line. The Giants should rest everybody heading into week 18. I don't necessarily think that should be a fact at this point here because the Giants aren't a Super Bowl team. You want to sort of build that foundation brick by brick here and taking on the Philadelphia Eagles win or lose might set you up for some really good momentum heading into the playoffs. Let's remind ourselves, remember when the Patriots were undefeated, the Giants already clinched the playoff spot and the Giants were like, Tom, we got to play in this game. Let us go. Well, you know, that's the end of the season ended up a loss to the Patriots, then a Super Bowl win over the Patriots later in that season. 
it is about building that momentum into the postseason. Yeah. Right now, the odds don't think that momentum will be there for New York. A 13-and-a-half-point dog next week in Philadelphia against the Birds, who now desperately need that win to clinch the division and the NFC's number one overall seed. Only one spot, DRS, left up for grabs in the NFC, the seventh and final spot. Again, the Packers have the most clear path with a victory Green Bay is in because the NFC South was decided yesterday. For the second straight year, the Buccaneers are your divisional champs in the NFC South with a come-from-behind victory once again against the Carolina Panthers. 30-24, to the final in Tampa Bay. The Buccaneers covering as a three-and-a-half-point favorite. They were down 14-0 DRS late in the first half. 21-16 midway through the fourth quarter. But Tom Brady orchestrates some late-game heroics once again. 34-45 of 45 yesterday. 432 yards through the air and three touchdowns. Two of them to Mike Evans. 207 of those passing yards to Evans as well. 10 grabs, 207, and three touchdowns for Mike Evans. So all three touchdowns going to Mike Evans yesterday, DRS. A huge game for Brady, Evans, and they clinched the NFC South once again. Yeah, by the way, some really good quarterback play on both sides here. You combine for six touchdowns and one interception. One guy goes for 341, Tom Brady for 432. And welcome back, Mike Evans here. Hadn't scored and seemed like ages. Gets on the board with three long touchdown passes. That's what you have superstar athletes for. And if we're going to get Tom Brady, who can stay upright in the pocket with those two wideouts, Evans and Godwin, who both went for at least 100 yards yesterday, Maybe you do have a yeah. fighting chance. Now, there's a lot left to be desired here because let's keep in mind, this is a 6-10 and 10 Carolina Panthers team that you eked out a victory at and needed a double-digit comeback in the fourth quarter. Let's temper it a little bit. Hey, Bucks won. They're in. So, here we go. Off to the playoffs. The Bucks now have the fourth shortest price to win the NFC title, 9-1. to one. They will host a playoff game come the middle of January and that opening round. By the way, the 19th, Divisional championship in Tom Brady's 23-year now NFL career. The last time a team that Tom Brady was the primary starter for missed the playoffs, 2002 with the New England Patriots. Now we turn our attention to the AFC. Speaking of long-standing trends in the National Football League, the Kansas City Chiefs, DRS, have now beat the Denver Broncos 15 straight times. Patrick Mahomes is a perfect 11-0 against the Denver Broncos as KC gets a victory 27-24. They don't cover again as a lofty 12-and-a-half-point favorite, just 4-9-1 against the spread as a favorite this year, but entering a huge Monday night clash in Cincinnati DRS, the Chiefs currently the AFC's top seed. Yeah, it looks like there's a really good chance that they might wind up with the number one overall seed, and they're still going to have to play the Raiders, which actually looked like an easy layup about, what, 48 hours ago? And now you say, well, what are we going to get out of the Raiders and do the Chiefs they have to bring their A game? The one thing we do know is the Chiefs can bring their C game and beat in you know far less superior competition. Now, the Denver Broncos, yep. so let's credit them actually a little bit. Horrendous season, going nowhere, fired their head coach, but they rose up off the mat. It's going to have been very easily a 51-14 game, similar to mm -hmm. what we saw on Christmas Day, but they fought Russell Wilson 222 one touchdown here kept them in it the entire way with a legitimate chance to win it maybe you can build off something like that as you head into the offseason but the Kansas City Chiefs got their popcorn ready tonight Ben as that Buffalo Bills Cincinnati Bengals game could mean a lot to them they certainly do the worst scoring offense in the league the Broncos have only gone over 20 points four times this yeah. year two of them against Kansas City in both of their season series matchup so entering this week 
the Buffalo Bills were the slight odds-on favorite to be the AFC's number one overall seed. That top spot in the conference cannot be clinched tonight regardless of what happens. Everything will be on the line for week number 18. We showed you at the top of the show, the Pittsburgh Steelers still have their playoff hopes alive with a 16-13 win on Sunday night in Baltimore outright as an underdog to keep those playoff hopes alive drs the steelers needed a dolphins loss and a jets loss and that's what they got baltimore has already clinched a playoff spot they visit cincinnati next weekend if the Bengals lose tonight the afc north title will be up for grabs but this is what the postseason picture has as of right now two of the three wild card spots clinched the Chargers and the Ravens, LA moves up to the five seed due to Baltimore's loss last night at home against the Steelers. The Patriots are in with a win against the Buffalo Bills in the regular season finale. Right now, the early line, the Bills an eight and a half point favorite. Miami would get in with a win over the Jets and that New England loss. The Steelers would need a Patriots loss to the Bills and a Dolphins loss to the Jets. Right now, Miami, a three-point favorite. But the reason we're in this scenario, based on the results of Week 17. The Dolphins, a three-point road dog in Foxborough. Teddy Bridgewater making the start for Tua Tungavailoa in, con in concussion protocol once again. They had a lead late. Teddy Bridgewater knocked out late in the third quarter. Enter Skylar Thompson once again, and the Patriots come back for a victory 23-21. DRS, the Finns have now lost five straight games, and because of the victory, the Pats take the advantage and currently, as we showed you, hold that seventh and final AFC postseason spot. Yeah, Bill Belichick trying to make a run at the playoffs here with one of his more underwhelming teams, but also take a look at the Miami Dolphins. Ben, who's had eight and three, one of those teams you didn't want to mess with down the stretch. You didn't want to mess with in the playoffs mm -hmm. because of that level that they can hit on offense, which means reaching mid-30s on offense and say, okay, try to come chase us down. But it's all gone for naught now. Five straight losses, eight and eight now. All those good vibes here coming out of their coaching staff and team are completely gone, and it's not technically their fault. Whenever you have a merry-go-round at quarterback, it usually doesn't end and kindly now granted they might have a little bit of an advantage heading into their last game with the jets being out but all the chips are on the table here for bill belichick just to wait out another team and get into the playoffs yeah. ben. the quarterback spot now for miami very uncertain it's a broken finger on teddy bridgewater's right throwing hand that could mean skylar thompson has to be in there the rookie out of k-state again right now the fins a slight three-point favorite against the New York Jets, who DRS mentioned, maybe motivation, not going to be front and center for Robert Sala and Gain Green entering the regular season finale as they have been officially eliminated. Geno Smith gets the last laugh against the team that drafted him. Eliminating New York from postseason contention yesterday at home as Seattle wins outright as a slight home underdog. They snap a three-game skid with the 23-6 victory. DRS, they had lost six of their last seven entering the game. With the elimination yesterday, the Jets now have lost five straight and six of their last seven after a six and three start. So Seattle still has their hopes alive in the NFC. But DRS, as we focus on the New York Jets, Mike White back in the starting lineup trying to muster up a victory, 240 yards, but two interceptions. How will you surmise this season for New York after a six and three start? 
Don't feel bad, New York Jets fans, because this is actually going to help you in the short term and also long term. There was a lot of, hey, let's wear T-shirts on the plane. We love Mike White. Well, you know when you don't love Mike White? When he plays three games and losses and doesn't throw a single touchdown pass. Take those T-shirts, put them in the trash. Take your Zach Wilson blow-up dolls, put them in the trash as well. No more <laughs> fandom on that side. You are going out in the offseason to find yourself your franchise guy. Even though you crumbled down the stretch, you may have avoided fool's goal, but said, hey, Mike White, two to three years, bring him back here. No, the real Mike White has shown up in the past three games here with no touchdown passes, Jets fans. Get your quarterback, get your victories, keep your head coach, continue to build. You'll be just fine. So much talent on both sides of the football for New York, especially with the young talent they have offensively. At least there is the silver lining and clarity that you will need a quarterback entering 2023. DRS, OK Dubs and I were in Hoboken on New Year's Eve, early on mm. New Year's Day. Pretty sure I saw Derek Carr walking around looking at some of the nice apartment buildings they had there in Hoboken, New Jersey. Maybe that mm. will be the case. In a game that really didn't matter, for week number 18, the Jacksonville Jaguars get a 31-3 victory over the Houston Texans, snapping a nine-game nine game losing skid against their divisional foe. That means the AFC South is on the line Saturday night this upcoming weekend between the Jags and the Titans in Duval County. The Jaguars, a six-and-a-half-point favorite. A very happy 2023 to you, DRS. Thank you, as always. More of the morning after. Up next. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. We started off the year 2023 with a sensational Sunday slate in the National Football League. We ended the year 2022 with the best single day in the history of the nine years now of the college football playoff. Because in the previous eight years, the average margin of victory in the national semifinal games was 21 points per game. Just three of the 16 semifinal matchups entering Saturday and New Year's Eve have been decided by a single score. And then both of the semifinals that we had on Saturday, the ending margin, a combined seven points, both a single score game with late game drama in the fourth and final quarter. So to recap it and set the stage for the national championship one week from this Monday night, the mastermind of the college football pigskin joins us here on our opening day of 2023. Joe Lisi is here on the morning after on this Monday. Thank you for joining us, Joe. Hope you had a wonderful holiday and New Year's Eve weekend, taking in the sensational games that we saw for the college football playoff. Well, Happy New Year, Ben. I think we gained millions of college football fans watching both of those games play out on New Year's Eve. That's That'll be the, the headline this week, right, is that college football is back. And I think we're set for a great national championship game. We saw both underdogs push the favorites in their in their respective yep. games. TCU and Max Duggan put up 260 rushing yards on that Michigan defense. And C.J. Stroud for all about 59 minutes, 30 seconds, basically yep. dominated Georgia's defense. But in the end, they just couldn't pull it out. Lisi, both dogs cover, but it's the top dog, the reigning national champion in that nightcap on New Year's Eve. 
that is getting back to the national championship game. Georgia looking for their second consecutive national title, and they emerge victorious, escaping Ohio State on Saturday night, 42-41. Because as the ball dropped in Times Square, not far away from us, it was a Noel Ruggles 50-yard field goal attempt for Ohio State that would have clinched the victory in a spot in the national title that missed wide left under 10 seconds remaining the kick goes up it misses as the ball hits the turf with the missed field goal attempt the ball drops in Times square to welcome in 2023 lisi georgia was down by two touchdowns multiple times in that football game against the buckeyes they outscore ohio state 18 to 3 in that fourth and final quarter it was one of the best games we have ever seen in the history of the college football playoff, Lisi, how do you describe the victory for the Georgia Bulldogs? Gutty, right? I mean, they found a way to pull it out in the last seven minutes of that ball game, And I, I think Ryan Day added to that a little bit in terms of the conservative play calling. C.J. Stroud dominated and shredded that secondary for much of the game, right? Obviously, Marvin Harrison goes out with the injury, the concussion protocol, the hit in the end zone. And then Ohio State has a critical fourth down and one in their territory, up 11 with seven minutes left. He tries the fake punt. Kirby Smart calls the timeout. I think right there, Ben, is where mm. the game changed because Ohio State elects to punt it. All of a sudden on the next play, Stetson Bennett steps up and hits Arian Smith with the big touchdown and the momentum shifted. In the end, he played for a 50-yard field goal, but that was a great effort by Stetson Bennett through the air, 398 yards. It wasn't Georgia's ability to pound the rock. It was their ability just to maintain the hits from Ohio State and, and prove that they're the national champions or defending national champions from last year. They showed the mental resolve to pull that ball game out. Kirby Smart, the head coach of Georgia, after the game on the field, pretty much said Ohio State probably deserved to win that football game. But at the end, when it comes to the wins and the losses, Georgia gets the victory to send them back for a second consecutive year, 42-41, to the national championship game. Both quarterbacks, sensational. Both sailing over their passing yards prop. C.J. Stroud, 348 yards and four touchdowns. Both Emeka Egbuka and Marvin Harrison Jr. before he exited the game over 100 yards over the receiving yards prop. But Stetson Bennett, Joe, for this Georgia team has taken a huge stride. 398 yards, well over that passing yards prop of 266 and a half, through three touchdowns as well. Joe Lisi, when you think about Stetson Bennett and what he means now, to the history of the football program in Athens, Georgia. How do you describe the significance of Stetson Bennett for the dogs? Huge. He's battle-tested, Ben. Go back to the SEC championship game last year where he looked like a deer in the headlights against uh, Alabama, right? They lose, and then he has another opportunity to make amends in the national championship game. He fumbles the football. He steps up on the next drive, leads them to a touchdown and a come-from-behind win in the fourth quarter. That proved uh, over the weekend in terms of that victory over C.J. Stroud. He never lost his composure. And just think about this for a second. We talked on college football today in terms of Georgia's offense, in terms of converting 52% on third down conversions. Ohio State held them to two of 10 conversions in that ball game. He still throws for 398 and leads the upset yeah. in, in terms of the fourth quarter. Amazing comeback by Stetson Bennett and has proven he's one of the better quarterbacks in college football.
The nightcap of 2022 in the college football playoff, incredible. As was the first game up, a fiesta frenzy in Phoenix between number two Michigan and number three TCU. The Horned Frogs, once again, Joe Lisi, show their muster as an underdog, winning outright as a seven and a half point dog, 51-45. Joe, TCU led 21 to six at the halftime break, 41 to 22 in the third quarter. Then the game gets absolutely bonkers in the final six and a half minutes of the third, entering the fourth quarter. Eight of the nine drives result in a touchdown between the two teams, and TCU holds on late as Michigan had an opportunity to answer in the final minute of the football game. So Joe Lisi, TCU wins outright as a seven and a half point underdogs, undervalued and overlooked by the odds makers all year. How did TCU prove it once again in the college football playoff? They did it in all facets of the game, Ben. Let's look at it. We talked about 264 rushing yards on that front seven of, of Michigan that was only given up 89 yards per game and 2.9 yards per carry. They rushed for 6.4 yards per carry in that ballgame with their backup, Amari DiMarcato, 150 yards on the ground, one touchdown. Amazing effort in terms of that effort. From an offensive perspective, on the defensive side of the ball, they force three turnovers, score off their turnovers, Ben. And more importantly, we talk about yep. starting fast and third down defense. They held Michigan to three of 13 third down attempts, an amazing defensive effort, and put the ball game on J.J. McCarthy to play from behind. And that was the recipe to pull out that victory in the Fiesta Bowl. J.J. McCarthy, 52 rushing yards. Max Duggan on the other side. The Heisman finalist for the Horn Frogs, 57 rushing yards. Utilizing those legs and scoring twice, he was plus 130 to find the end zone. Amari DiMarcato fills in for Kendra Miller and runs for a buck 50 on 17 attempts. Now listen, we would be remiss for Michigan fans out there if we did not mention the very questionable officiating call Early in the second quarter, a bomb from J.J. McCarthy, 50 yards through the air to Michigan's Roman Wilson. He catches the football, and by the time he had possession, it looks like he breaks the pylon. They review it, and although there didn't seem to be all that much indisputable video evidence that they should overturn it, they did. The next play, Michigan fumbles, TCU recovers in the end zone. A very critical play, something at least worth mentioning. But when it comes to the record books... TCU wins outright as a seven and a half point underdog, 51-45. They are the first team, Joe Lisi, in the history of the college football playoff era to be unranked in the preseason and in to the national title game. The Horn Frogs after week one pop up on the FanDuel Sportsbook for the first time with national title odds, Joe, at 250 to one. And here they are facing the reigning national champs the Georgia Bulldogs. Now, the early look-ahead line before Saturday's action in the CFP had the Dogs as a 16-and-a-half-point favorite in a potential matchup against the Horned Frogs. Both teams win, and they face off on Monday night next week in Los Angeles at SoFi Stadium, and the line has moved. Still a hefty line in favor of UGA, Joe, but now under two touchdowns, 13-and-a-half in favor of Georgia. What does that movement in the spread, Joe, say to you? 
Well, that obviously short betters now believe in TCU because they knocked off a blue collar team, a Big Ten team in terms of the Michigan Wolverines. The Big 12 was not given enough credit in terms of the whole regular season, right? Even go back to last year, Baylor and Oklahoma State were trending and they weren't involved in the conversation, even though we could have made those arguments that should both of those teams had one loss and a, a Big 12 champion, they would have been in the college football playoff. At the end of the day, TCU has proved they deserve to be there. They knocked off a blue-collar team and a big-time head coach in Jim Harbaugh, and now they're going to have to do it again. The fact that it's under two touchdowns believes that they should be in this ballgame, but they, they're going to have to play, in my opinion, a perfect game to knock off Georgia. Yeah. You're not going to get as sloppy of a play from the Georgia Bulldogs in back-to-back -back games going to be an uphill battle in my opinion they might be able to cover the number but i still believe georgia covers the number and wins their second national championship tcu three and one against the spread as an underdog this year all three covers outright victories georgia has been booked as a favorite in every game a double digit favorite in 12 of the 14 now they are six and six against the spread as a double digit favorite but college football does not stop lisi with the college football playoff. A huge January 2nd around the sport, including two New Year's Six games. First up, the Cotton Bowl in Dallas between USC and Tulane. The Trojans now, Joe, a two-and-a-half-point favorite. The expectation is the Heisman winner in Caleb Williams will suit up and play for SC. Will this game then, Joe Lisi, be as competitive as that two-and-a-half-point number indicates? I still think it will be competitive, and I still will take Tulane in this ballgame, plus the two and a half points, because of their ability to pound the rock between the tackles. Rushing for over 200 yards per game with Tajay Spears, their running back, and Michael Pratt, a mobile RPO type of runner, and their secondary has only given up 188 passing yards per game. Their ability to slow down the tempo, time of possession, ball control, drives, I give the edge to Tulane in this matchup. But I think Caleb Williams will eat. So we'll see how this game plays out. I'm going to take the points in the mild upset with Tulane mm -hmm. over USC in this ballgame. The props for Caleb Williams indicate a big day as well. 306 and a half is his passing yards prop. He went over that in five of the final seven for USC. 363 yards and three tuds in the Pac-12 title game. That's what we think Caleb Williams will bring today for USC against the Green Wave. And then Joe Lisi under the San Gabriel Mountains in Pasadena, California, the granddaddy of them all. The Rose Bowl between Penn State and Utah, also a very short number. Joe Lisi, just about 40 seconds left in this segment. What is a key matchup you have your eye on between the Nittany Lions and the Utes? Yeah, the Penn State rushing attack going up against the front seven of Utah. I think Penn State can run the football on the front seven of Utah. And conversely, I think their front seven could slow down Cam Rising. They have the speed to go sideline to sideline, plus 10 in turnover margin. Lean to Penn State to pull out the victory, but a lot of money coming on the over. I like the under 53 and a half. Brothers in arms, Joe Lisi, to start off 2023. Penn State wins their 11th football game of the year as the slight money line underdog, minus 105. Joe Lisi, I'll see you on Football Full Circle in just about two hours. Thank you, as always, and a happy new year again. More TMA next. 
SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. We round out this opening hour of our opening show here in 2023, live on a Monday morning on the morning after on Sports Grid. Sirius XM, Channel 159. That is the home for Sports Grid Radio on Sirius XM. All across the Spiz Grizz Network, that's Sports Grid. I am Ben Stevens. Hope everybody had a wonderful new year and is expecting big things in 2023. Something about those veterans in the National Football League, the two old heads. The two number 12s seem very much like they are ready to make some noise in the playoffs once again. Tom Brady and the Buccaneers clinching the NFC South Division with a victory from behind yesterday against the Carolina Panthers. Aaron Rodgers and the Green Bay Packers have won four consecutive games. They're not into the postseason as of yet, but with a win in the regular season finale at home in Lambeau against the Detroit Lions, the Packers are back into the postseason so which of the number 12s has the best chance of doing some damage once the postseason rolls around that's what we asked you and fade the public so which quarterback has the potential to take his team farther in the playoffs that was the question at sports tv on twitter tom brady or aaron Rodgers in a pretty even split as of right now according to the public aaron getting 53% of the vote. Tom, about 46.5%. Now, the interesting clarification, of course, that needs to be said, Tom Brady and the Bucks already in the postseason. There is a chance that Aaron Rodgers and the Green Bay Packers do not see the playoffs in the NFC, looking for that seventh and final NFC postseason spot. As of right now, the Green Bay Packers, a four-and-a-half-point favorite against the Detroit Lions to end out the regular season. The Lions still very much alive as well. They would need a victory over Green Bay and a Seattle Seahawks loss to the LA Rams. Seattle, a six and a half point favorite in their finale against Los Angeles next Sunday. Most of the schedule for Sunday comes out in the next few hours. We'll hopefully break it down for you here on the morning after where hour two is up next. <laughs> 